Hey, friend. Welcome back. Come on in. Mm-hmm. I've got it right here. Fresh from my scribes. This is the beginning of the story. Oh, before you get too comfortable, there's something I need to tell you. The story that I'm about to tell, the game that we are playing, contains elements of mature themes and sometimes heavy doses of adult language. If that isn't the story for you, I would not be offended if you got up and left. It's been a pleasure to have you so far. You gonna stay? Damn, okay, calm down, I'm getting there. One more thing I gotta say and then we'll dive right in. While the story you're about to hear inherently belongs to myself and my players, I do not claim any rights to 7th C. It is a trademark and a copyright of Chaosium Inc. and John Wick Presents. Subsequently, this podcast has no endorsement, no sponsorship, and no affiliation with the aforementioned companies. That's it. The story is rated M for mature, <laughs> and that everything except the story itself doesn't belong to me. Yes, yes, all right, all right. I've made you wait long enough. This is the first manifest of La Rosa Blanca, entitled Down Among the Dead Men. <clears throat> Article 1. Woe betide the Black Betty. So, we are going to jump ahead in time. It is around six months from the first meeting of Wayland and Jesse at the Bucket of Blood in Aragosta. And you guys are sailing on La Rosa Blanca off the coast of Isla Santa de Bajo, which is down near Boracane and San Sancha. And you are heading back towards Aragosta. You've just completed a job and you're ready to go get possibly more. Uh, you know for a fact, Jesse, that Adetacumbo always has work, whether it be shipping rum back and forth from the Bucket of Blood or... Basically, like, that's the place where you can go and get whatever job that you need, just to make a quick buck, if you're not actually committing acts of piracy. So you're heading back to Aragosta. If somebody could roll me a d10, that would be delightful. It's going to be an eight. Awesome. So we have clear skies, the sun is shining, very few clouds. The sea is pretty calm, pretty clear. Not a lot going on as far as weather is concerned. It's a near perfect day when from the crow's nest, you hear, who do, who do we hear from the crow's nest? Who's in the crow's nest right now? Ah, Capitan. Aye. Off to Port Bow. Jesse looks over. What do you got for me? Uh, I don't know, Capitan. It looks like a small schooner. I don't know. What, what, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the, the sloop? It's tiny, it's tiny ship, Captain. Tiny ship. It's tiny ship! Thank you, Roz. <laughs> Anytime, Captain. And you you grab your spyglass and look, and, and there is a small schooner. Uh, one mast, half the size of yours. Probably a small fishing vessel. Just dipping about the little reef there, and they're actually, like, flashing you with mirrors... And they're trying to flag you down. Any nation flags? It's an Aragostan flag, I guess. Sure. You know, there's a skull, but it's not really a pirate flag. It's not a black flag is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. 
There's like a, a marlin and like a skull. Gotcha, gotcha. Hi, Raz, do you see that? See, Capitan. See, we better go make our way over then. They don't look like they're planning to shoot us down or nothing. That'd be kind of difficult, Capitan. They, they don't seem to appear to have any guns other than a harpoon or two, maybe. I guess, I don't know. Thank you, Ross. You're welcome, Capitan. <laughs> Jesse's gonna take the helm. Hi, right, we're heading port. Very quickly, you guys meet up. The ship slows up and anchors, and the captain is uh, is waving you like he's holding his hat and, and waving you down. He's an elderly man, really leathery skin, very, very tanned from the sun. He's been out here for a long time doing what he's doing. But you get within talking distance. Come on in, sailor. A morning, sir. I didn't think I'd see La Rosa Blanca on the seas again. That's what they all say. I knew there used to be a famous cartographer on that ship, and uh, I was wondering if uh, perhaps maybe we could uh, barter a little for uh, an up-to-date map, if you would. Jesse gives a slight smile and bows his head slightly. Um, <clears throat> you're looking for Miss Captain Nakansa? The rules of that being, son. I, uh, unfortunately, she's not with us currently. It's a shame, lad. And he touches a doubloon that's hanging around his neck and taps it a couple of times. Well, do you, do you still have the charts? Because I, even even if it's an older chart, a couple of years, I'd, I'd be more than willing to trade for it. Uh, if you'd be willing, I've got a couple I've made up myself. Oh, I see. Are you the, are you the protege then? Are you the bud of the Ataban? <laughs> sure, you could call me that. Yeah, let's go with that. Aye, aye, all right. I, I'm unfortunately don't got any uh, any treasure or anything like that. Um, but I do have some information if you're if you're willing to barter for that. Wayland. Wayland makes his way up from the cannon deck. Captain, what can he do you for? Got a man with the information. What kind of information he's got? It's a good question. Yo, friend. Fine morning. Fine morning to you. What are you looking to trade with us? A friendly bit of information. Seeing as you're such a famous vessel. Uh, what would be the nature of this information you're willing to trade? I'd uh, be of the trading company variety. Jesse looks over to Wayland. In what form does this information come? You put the map in me hand, and I tell you everything I know. How about you tell us exactly where the information's coming from before I hand you one of me maps? Coming from your own reliable source right here. Me and me own two eyes. My dear old friend, I don't think you're in the right place to barter. And he kind of gestures down to all of the gun ports and points over at <laughs> Wayland. Just spinning a pistol. Ah, now, now, lad. Now that wouldn't be right honorable of you. It also wouldn't be right honorable to not be a bit more forthright now. Well, technically, you're not going in the direction of where I saw them, so if I don't tell you, then 
You're none the wiser anyway. What are you thinking, Jesse? I want to know if this information is going to be worth our time. Where those maps are made up. My mother taught me how to make them, but only got so many. Hey, do we have something we could give him a little taste of? Something you've been working on that's maybe not finished yet? Even be willing to throw in some of me fishing charts. I've been dooting around the spires for a while, and I happened to find a cove or two. So I'd sweeten the pot just a bit for you. Are you looking for any particular kind of a charts? I'm looking for charts that have roots that maybe haven't been mapped quite yet. I, me boys and I are uh, unfortunately overfishing this area a bit, and we could really use some fresh waters. Those charts, they're gonna cost you. Oh, I imagine so. But this information is worth more than its weight in gold, lad. Wait, what, Captain? Mama Coco might be interested in a few of those fishing spots. Hmm. Was thinking the same thing. Miss Cosette, someone go get that lass. You hear uh, from down the deck a soft step and then a heavier step, and then a soft step and a heavier step. She's slow walking because of her peg leg. And then from gently behind you. Oui? My dear, would you be so kind as to grab me some of the recent charts? Which ones in particular? The copies I was working on about a fortnight ago. Oui. Just to be clear, the ones not on the top, but on the bottom of your stack? The ones in the middle, my dear. Oui. And then she walks away. She comes back and she hands you the little leather-bound portfolio with the maps in them. Uh, here you are. Thank you, my dear. Much appreciated. Anything else? That is all for now. Unless these boys try to get a bit rowdy. She does peer slightly over her spectacles, looking at the fishing vessel, and leans close to you two. If that man hands you any coin, bite it to make sure it's real. We. Oui? As always, Miss Cogrin. And then she meanders away. I met. It would be in your best fortune to at least give us a taste of the information you got going on. I may be a pirate, but I have no reason not to be as honest. You boys heard of the Black Betty. Does that name ring a bell with Wayland? It does not ring a bell with Wayland. Does it ring a bell with Jesse? It does ring a bell for Jesse. Fuck. God damn it. Because one of your mother's old crewmates has continued the trend of piracy, and he has had a great time on his own ship, the Black Betty. And he has followed in your mother's footsteps, taking on ATC vessels. Smaller ones, not the ones that La Rosa Blanca was famous for. Being a small thorn in the ATC side. That's where you recognize the ship name from. It's been a long while since I've heard that name. You're gonna have to strike it from your ledger. Jesse removes his hat and is a bit paler. The information I got for you is regarding the survivors of the Black Betty. How's that possible? You know, my memory is just a little foggy. I, I, uh, can't really remember. He's gesturing for things to be put in his hand. He needs to have the ledgers in his hand before he tells anything else. What do you think, Mr. Greywall? 
Ah, you want I should go give it to him? If you'd like to be so kind. And we should get this done with. Eddie! <clears throat> he hands it over to Waylon. Better come in down. Any funny business? And he pulls out Grayla. I see a few between your eyes. And maybe a couple between your legs. Be no funny business here, right, lads? And there's only three people on the boat, and they're all either doing fishing nets or gutting fish. They're literally not even paying attention to what's going on. Jesse looks over at a couple of deckhands. Well, have the bods. You've got Hawthorne and Charles. They bring the gangplank out and down to the ship. Thank you, Hawthorne. Whatever. <laughs> I just put beeswax on there. Just watch your step. Jesse's gonna come with him. Okay. Waylon gets a look at the crew of the vessel just for the first time, just kind of like, <sighs> Yeah, it's just, it's a small, stupid little fishing vessel. Dinky little boat. The name is the Silver Fin or some silly name. Like, what do we call it? <laughs> <laughs> just like fantasy name generator like three times. We're like, oh shit. The iron uh, bone. I like the color silver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that one. I like that one. And the captain, he's got a ratty, gross coat and cravat that's covered in slime. Oh, Jesse's sad about it. It's got the fish slime on it. He's got scales, fish scales on his coat. Like the closer you get onto the ship, the more it reeks of fish, fish guts. Yeah, it's, oh, it, mm. The gods. Waylon turns to Jesse. You think I'd be used to this by now? That's why I'm not on a fishing ship, Master Greywell. He, he welcomes you on board and watch your step. We're we're still uh, still in the middle of cutting our our most recent catch there. Jesse definitely minds his step <laughs> and every step after that. And he holds out his hand first to shake the captain's. Jesse looks to Wayland. Wayland pulls out a little piece of fabric and just. And puts it in Jesse's hand. <laughs> Just as a little barrier. <laughs> he looks at it. Yeah, he, he wraps it around the glove and grips the man's hand with, again, incredibly strong grip that no one else would be able to tell except for maybe this captain. He reaches in and grabs him and is like, Oh, oh you oh, you got a solid grip there, boy. I mean, business. At your do. Ah. And he lets go. Oh. Oh, and he's like holding, squeezing his hand a little bit. There's some fish slime. He reaches back out to Wayland. Thank you, Master Greywell. <laughs> Wayland just tosses it over the side. <laughs> <laughs> the man lowers his hat to you. The maps, if you please. Hey, there you go. Hope you find them to your liking. Thank you so much, lad. Takes a look at them and is, you know, perusing them a bit and has that lip kind of like, I'm just going to lift my lip and nod my head. I am satisfied with what I see. Whether he understands it is an entirely another deal. <laughs> yes, good. This looks to be in order. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> he puts them on a barrel next to him and you kept your end of the bargain. Aye, before we get started, you never gave us your name, Captain. Oh, where are me manners? He has a little, like, jar of kippers, and he pops one in his mouth. Name's Kip of the Silver Friend. Of course it is. Jesse turns to the bow of the ship, 
with his hand on the end of his cutlass. He looks off into the sea, and there's a slight breeze, and it kind of rustles his hair under the under his hat. The name's Captain Jesse Nakansa, of the White Rose. And he turns back, and the wind dies down. Waylon just looks at him and shakes his head a little bit, and like, uh, you... <sighs> we have a master at arms here, Mr. Wayland Greywall. I can see that. It's a beautiful, beautiful gun you got there, sir. If I do say so myself. Thank you kindly. Now, where was I? Right, the Black Betty. And he actually takes the maps and opens them up and points. There is a tiny, tiny island just to the east of you, up towards the Thrandon Spires. And that's where he points. Right up there is where the battle took place. And that's where the Black Betty sank. Now, the ATC vessel didn't come away unscathed. I managed to sneak around the rocks there and get a good look. She's harbored, as it were, in a cove, getting repairs before she can be out at sea again. And this being so close to Aragosta, they don't want to take any chances. They're laying low. A smile creeps up the side of Jesse's face. All right. Now, I did see that some of the boats were leaving from the ship, probably headed inland a little bit. There's got to be some kind of small spit of land somewhere to keep the prisoners, the survivors of the Black Betty. I'm rather sure not all of them died. There's something that doesn't exactly match up here. Oh, what's that? Why would an ATC vessel take captives? Jesse looks over at Wayland, almost in like a slightly offended look for a moment. Like, I, I can't believe you just asked why an ATC ship would have captives on it. And he looks back at the captain. The only reason the ATC ever takes any captives is to either brand them for the first time or to bring them to Fort Freedom. So they're away from the ship. I, from what I understand, at least the small bit that I could see as I was passing by. It would make for good collateral to get that ship and the crew of the Black Betty together. What's left of her, at least. Well, if they're fixing it up, to get the name of that ATC ship by chance. The Independence or something. Starts with an I. And if you forgive me, my eye's probably not as good as yours, I'd say. Do either of us recognize a ship by the name Independence? The Independence seems a little odd. Yeah, that doesn't match up. It doesn't quite match. Which only goes to prove that the man's eyes are weak. Right. Mm. Can't really read from far off distances. So what do you think we do? Well, if they're not on the ship, head to land, take care of whoever's left of the ATC, and free their captives. The players going on land. The way I look at it is, if it is someone I know, if it was my mum's quartermaster, then getting back on a ship that we helped provide puts us in a very good advantage. Hey. It sounds all wonderful and good. Right, are we done here? I believe we're done here. I, I don't have much more information for you. I apologize. Actually, I remember you saying that you had some fishing shots for us, Master Keep. Excuse me in my old brain. Um, where did I put them? Hopefully not with the kippers. Walks over to a barrel that has, like, papers on it. It's, like, closed and stuff like that. There is a large 
fish. Could be a bluefin tuna, something along those lines. Mm. And he grabs it by the tail and drops it and then pulls the map out from underneath the fish. Ooh. Shakes it off a little bit. Some slime kind of flies off and he rolls it up and walks back over and hands it to you. Ah, I, was, I just finished this not an hour ago. Fresh as that catch there. Waylon takes it, holding it far away from him. Mm. Thank you, meat. You make old cartographers roll in their grief. Oh, it smells too. Oh boy. Oh god. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Waylon's gonna start walking back. It'd be a pleasure. <laughs> the pleasure has been all ours, Captain Kip. Here, as a, as a, as a token of good fortune, take take some of these with you. And he grabs a, a small small barrel, like it's about like maybe a foot tall, foot and a half, maybe six to seven inches in diameter. A very small barrel stuffed to like the lid with kippers. Thank you for the kindness. You're very welcome. If we see you out in the waters, I'll try and remember. He kind of looks up at the masts and the, the sail. We'll try and remember your vessel. Appreciate it. I hope, uh, I hope you find what you're looking for out there and, uh, Happy hunt. Happy hunting back with you. And he sends you on your way and they bring the plank back up. And as Jesse walks up with the barrel of kippers, Hawthorne's like, oh, is that? No. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, go get oh, boots. Boots! <laughs> the big man steps on board and you can, you don't even need to see him before because you can hear him. His just big giant boots coming up the steps. Yeah. We've got a delivery. Is it fish again? Something like that. Boots, that's fish again. He takes the kippers, takes a huge whiff, is not phased in the slightest, cracks the lid, actually takes the barrel and like drinks. Oh, what's that? I don't, I don't, uh. Graywall, yeah, hi. Sir Graywall to you, Jory. Sir Graywall. I'm not a knight, Jory. You know what? Forget it. Don't. Toss some powder on this and see if you can um, dry it out a bit. What? Try not to spill your lunch on it either. I always get the... It's because I'm small, isn't it? Jury, it's because you're small. I get to it. You heard Master Greywall. Hey, Captain. Meanders down deck, holding it out away from him. <laughs> All right, enough fooling around. Man the sails. Let's get moving. And you guys head off. The sea is starting to get a little choppier, and it's because you're getting closer to the rocks. The spires are not really the best place for larger vessels. It's actually more dangerous to traverse through them than it is to just avoid them entirely. Thanks to your mother's maps, Jesse, she has actually mapped out perfect ways to kind of navigate a little freely. As you're getting closer, though, there are signs of wreckage. There is flotsam and jetsam, large planks of wood floating near or close to the big giant juts of rock. And Agnes says, Captain! She's leaning over as there is a man hanging off a big giant beam in the water. His head is just barely out of the surface. Raz, get a rope down here. Man overboard. Get the sails half-mast. Let's slow us down. 
Mama Coco actually comes down and helps Roz with a rope. Roz slide down the rope and scoop the man out as the rest of the crew pull him up. Klaus is brought up top. Agnes lays him out, puts her head to his chest. Barely. Oh, I see we caught a little bit more than we wanted today, hmm, Mama Coco? Not the time. All right, all right. Puts his hand next to his mouth, pushes on his chest a little bit, a little bit of water comes out. Actually, just in time. Is the man wearing gloves? Yeah. Before they move him, Jesse's gonna remove the right glove and pull up the sleeve a bit just to take a peek. Oh, there is most definitely a pirate brand, a P on his wrist that was burned in from quite a while ago, probably maybe a year or two, but it's old. It's definitely not fresh. Jesse pulls it back down, gets the glove back on him. Get him fixed up. Let me know when he wakes up. Will do. And Klaus brings him downstairs. Wayland walks up to Jesse. Anyone you recognize? No. Not a pirate to this him fit. He's alive, at least. Yes, but more and more are popping up with the brand. If I'm being honest, must agree well. It's a bit discomforting. I know very well why the ATC takes captives. Wanted to see if I could catch that fisherman fellow in a lie. Just wanted to clarify. All right, let's keep moving. As you're getting closer, your quartermaster, Mama Coco, comes up next to you. I suppose I can make a quick pass and then get us lined up. If there's anything we need to take care of at the distance, I'm always game. I suggest we dock Rosa as far away as possible and maybe take a robot out to get a good look. Not that I don't trust that fishing captain there, but we should get a good look for ourselves before we go in guns blazing. Obviously, we're going to need your Eagle eyes. Indeed, Mama Coco. They're yours. There are more signs of flotsam and jetsam. Now there's like barrels, canvas, floating. As you're getting close, you're starting to see the signs of the wreckage. Are there any kegs about? Yeah, there are some floating kegs. Pull a couple of those up on the deck, just in case. Roz and Charles and Mama Coco bring them up. They're mostly kegs of powder. He looks over to Wayland. You know, in the uh, the worst case scenario, things get a bit hairy. He looks over at the powder kids. Mm, I always did like fireworks. Mama Coco just shakes her head. They might also get a bit loud. Uh, I hate loud noises. Don't worry, we're going to keep it nice and quiet. Mm-hmm. I promise. So you guys anchor La Rosa Blanca in an alcove of spires that perfectly hides the ship. You guys are on a rowboat right now. Mama Coco brings you a little bit closer. <laughs> oh, Mama Coco, I forgot to tell you to helm the ship while we were away, but it's fine. <laughs> it's not going nowhere. I just figured if things got loud, you wanted to be a bit further away. Well, I'm the only one who knows how to use this rowboat anyway. He looks over to Wayland. Did, did we not teach anyone how to use the rowboat? Oh, no. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. We'll deal with that later. Uh, yeah, you deal with that later. She starts muttering in Haragwan to herself. We are not going to live that down very easily. No. <laughs> <sighs> She's rowing and then she stops. I don't dare go any closer. Thank you, Mama Coco. That's plenty close enough. Jesse's gonna pull out his side glass and 
he hands his eyeglass over to Waylon because his eyesight's just a bit better. Flips out his eyeglass and hands it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> oh, Captain, I'm sure you'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. No, hold up this eyeglass. And sure, as Kipper is old, there is an ATC ship anchored in an alcove. All the sails are down. How's it facing? So you've got a line of cannons facing the land and a line of cannons facing the sea so that if a ship comes up, they won't be caught off guard. And if anything happens on land, they can just blow the fuck out of it. Can we see the stern of the ship at all? You can make out the name of the ship. It is the Intrepid. Oh yeah, I was going to ask if Waylon can read the name of the ship or where the name of the ship would be. I wanted it to be something like completely different, like a super short word that doesn't start with I. <laughs> like, oh, the, I don't know, the, so just something completely, completely different than what he thought The magistrate. <laughs> yeah. The magistrate. <laughs> so it's the intrepid. She is a man of war. Well, they're well prepared. She has many, many cannons. Three masts. Wayland, you recognize that this is the ship that they send out specifically behind merchant vessels to sneak up on pirates. She's a pirate hunter, Captain. Do you see anyone on deck? So you know that the Man of War takes anywhere between 100 and 150 people to actually run efficiently on top of the fact that this is a pirate hunting vessel. So there are soldiers. There is barely a handful milling about the deck. That strikes Waitland as very odd. If you look in through the windows of the captain's quarters, you cannot see anybody inside. Say 12 or 13 soldiers. She's barely manned. Check to see if there's any signs of any boats around the shores. Do I see if there's any boats docked on shore? All of her rowboats are not visible. You can see there is a spit of land and there's a little bit of jungle. This is a small island, right? There is definitely a small amount of jungle and an expanse of beach. And on that beach, just inside where the line of trees are starting to begin, are cages filled with people. So we can straight up see the cages. Yep. Oh shit. How wide is the entrance to this mouth? It is wide enough for the Intrepid to beach. How close is the outer corner? Like if the Intrepid were to turn and uh, sail out? Probably about a, a league or so. All around the beach, not just the cages, are ATC officers, soldiers, deckhands, sailors. Wayland, as you're looking and perusing the rest of the beach, you notice that a lot of the sailors are chopping down trees and quickly turning them into planks to then fill the cannon holes that are in the hull of the Intrepid. They are then bringing stuff over to rowboats and then getting the rowboats ready and rowing back out to ship. Most of them are around a fire, standing, doing nothing. What is going on here? Nobody has any urgency, other than the sailors actually trying to fix the ship. And some of the soldiers at the fire, they've got their musket next to them, and their coat is off, or they've taken their hats off, and they're passing drinks around and talking at a fire. 
almost as if they're treating this as shore leave. The beach is just littered with groups of people in ATC colors. So this is all very strange because no one has any urgency. Everybody is just sort of milling about because they've had a, a victory. They're sort of like celebrating. Yeah, the soldiers at least look like they are having not a great time, but as good a time as they can. They're literally treating this as like a break. Okay. Anybody drinking heavily? By the time evening falls, there's going to be some heavy drinking. Right. I'm going to relay that information and that sort of assumption to Jesse. We might have an opportunity on our hands. It's five o'clock somewhere. As you're saying that, he is surveying the horizon to see if there's another vessel out there. He's thinking, like, maybe if they're not so worried, maybe there's another ATC ship on the way. Unfortunately, with how the cove is structured, unless the ship is actually about to enter the cove, you're not going to see anything. The cages have recently been made. You notice that they're made out of the same trees that they're making the planks out of. And in the cages are people who are not wearing ATC colors. They are wearing much the same gear that you guys wear. Ramshackle clothes. One man has a captain's coat and has his hat in his lap. All of them have shackles on their wrists. I'll hand the spyglass back to Jesse. See anyone you recognize? I have a good feeling I know that captain. You look and you see the quartermaster of La Rosa Blanca when you were a little, little boy. That was many, many years ago, and he's looking a little bit more beaten and weathered. His beard is a little bit more white. The only thing that has changed is that his hat has a different feather in it. Do I remember his name? I don't know. Jesse, tell me his name. <laughs> don't give me that look. <laughs> Do you know how bad I am with names? I, I don't know. I don't. It took me a month to come up with a first name. That's fair enough. All right. Hey, guys, why don't we go into the writer's room? And let's name this guy. So what? Ooh, the first one that popped into my head was Royce. Oh, yes, I like that. Okay. I'm looking at my list of names. Oh, Elijah Royce. Oh, yes. I love it. Absolutely. Now, captain of the Black Betty. Boom. Captain Elijah Royce is sitting in one of the cages, holding his hat in his hands, looking very tired. Well, we got to get those folks set free. All right, can we go? Mama Coco is starting to get a little nervous. Are you done? If you have anyone that you feel like would be comfortable, maybe sneaking aboard the Intrepid or dropping off these powder kegs, maybe we can set a trap. All right, why don't we go back to the ship, we get everybody together, and we make a plan, okay? Aye, agreed. All right, so mm -hmm. she starts rowing backwards and, and bringing you guys out of that cove. Zoe, mm -hmm? is anybody manning the cages? You see a man who still has his hat on, who still has his coat on, and he is patrolling each cage. He walks right up to it, stares at them, walks over to the next one, he snaps his fingers and points, and the guys get up and start doing whatever it is that that man had said. He starts to turn to look in your direction as you disappear behind the rock. 
did I see his face? Anything notable? Only the side profile. You recognize a large scar down from the very corner of his eye down to his chin. Okay. We're going to skip ahead a little bit in time to inside Jesse's captain's quarters. Jesse, could you describe for us what your quarters looks like? His quarters are comfortable. They're very, very comfy. He has a comfy little bed hanging out in the corner. There's a small desk next to it that has charts and compasses. He's got a lot of silks that bow from like corner to corner of the room, all different colors. There's a little section that's kind of added on up in the corner with a small hole in it, beautifully decorated on the outside with filigree. And, and it does say underneath that Luciana Yay. And she is perched in that little hole. Just all fluffy and adorable. For those listening at home, she's a albino hummingbird. Sweet. She's very little. Very little. There is, I'd say, a decent-sized table. Nothing crazy, but a table that could probably fit six to ten people, if need be. It runs along the center there is a small face with a single rose that is slightly wilted, and there's a painting above it. It's very distressed, and it's weathered, but it is a painting of his mother. Oh, that's awesome. And then the rest of it is just utility. Stuff that he uses, there's barrels that have more parchment, and he's got a rack for his guns and for his, his sword and for his hat and his his various clothes and coats. So not a typical captain's quarters, something a bit more refined and comfortable. He never really got around to changing too much of it because it was his mom's. And so he made it feel more like his own. Your mom valued comfort over showmanship, although everything is brightly colored. She is Castilian. Very much so. Reds and oranges and yellows. Very warm. Okay, so Jesse obviously is in the captain's quarters. Wayland, I am assuming you were there as well. Hey. Perfect. Who else? Who else do you want to be a part of this? You'd probably have most of the crew there, except for Ursa. Okay. Klaus is the first one to speak. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope we're all having a wonderful day. I'm having a fantastic time. That man that we pulled from the water woke up very briefly. Unfortunately, he's gone back to sleep, but he did manage to say a few things before he passed out. Class. Yeah. Is this man a crewmate of the Black Betty? Yavol. What? What was that, Class? Means yes. Thank you. The accent's a bit hard to. It's alright. Anyway. <clears throat> so this man was in the crow's nest when it happened. They were headed to Aragosta, I believe. From what the man said, they came up out of nowhere. Unfortunately, the Black Betty was not in a good position to begin with, and she was run into the spires, actually pinned up against one of the rocks as she tried to turn and face the intrepid. It was over very quickly. However, they managed to damage the ship enough that the Intrepid could not escape back out into open water. He didn't quite see what happened after that because the chain shot took down the main mast and sent him into the drink. 
Did you get a chance to find out how long it's been since this attack? A day or so. So it's still fresh. You have all... Uh, yeah. The good news is, he will live. What is the bad news? Well, he won't have all of his limbs. Unfortunately, his leg is not going to make it. I'm going to have to take it. He appeared to have slammed into the very spire that held the Black Betty as the mast fell and crushed his leg. I hope that man signed the right charter. We can only hope. I'll make sure not to toss it into the sea, yeah? He makes the joke and nobody laughs. Sorry. That was in poor taste. I would like that given to Cosette as soon as possible. What's the leg? <laughs> None, you idiot. The charter, Klaus. The leg will do her no good. And he looks over and he gives her a wink. Anyway, that's all I have for you. If you do not need me anymore, I would like to take... Uh, let's see. Charles, are you busy? Not at the moment, no. Oh, well, I could use a hand. <laughs> God. Charles, keep an eye on him. Jory is on the floor. I get on. Charles leaves. Klaus leaves. Cosette, make sure that you get that charter. Oui. Thank you, my dear. You are free to go. And she goes off. Jory, like, I, uh, I still haven't figured out how to uh, clean that map. Um, I just, uh, it's, it's real gross. Jory, you clean it carefully. You know what? I haven't tried licking it yet. <laughs> oh, <runs. God. laughs> he puts a hand out to Wayland. Just let him. He's got to grow character eventually. We're going to have to start a pool on how the boy's going to get himself killed. Because at this point, it could be any number of things. you got to put more trust into that small boy. Look, I'm not saying that I don't trust him. It's just that he's come a little bit close to flattening himself with the cannon. Once or twice, or four times. Coco is pinching the bridge of her nose. I swear the boy doesn't have a thought behind those eyes. It's full of black powder, that's why we keep him down there. Sinus says could probably be a bit uh, tapped up. So remaining you have Hawthorne. Agnes Roz. Mama Coco. Coco. Boots just has been sitting there eating out of the bucket of kippers like it's fucking candy. If you don't need me anymore, I'd like to get back to dinner. Please, Jeffrey to go. Thank you, Captain. Get that fucking barrel out of my quarters. Oh, did you want some? I'm sorry. No. What a good whale is just holding his nose. I got six. I just cleaned up my quarters not two days ago. Open the windows, you'll get rid of the stench in no time. As Boots is walking out, he holds up a tiny, tiny, tiny kipper like up to the tiny hole there. And you see a quick flash of white as Juliana takes the fish. You'll make her sick. Back to the kitchen. He walks out and then a small, tiny kipper lands on the deck. Jesse walks over to pick it up and throws it overboard. <laughs> And uh, some angry chirping is happening. If you've ever heard a bird sneeze, that's what Juliana's doing right now. Oh, honey. Poor thing. Oh, sweetie. Oh, no. Come to the captain. And lands on your finger and places her on his hat. She's all foofed up. Let it out, little one. Let it out. 
It's all right. <laughs> Rubbing her beak up against the edge of the... <laughs> of the hat <laughs> and mama coco looks at what you have drawn jesse i imagine you've taken a piece of parchment and kind of just like drawn out a general idea of what this cove looks like where the ship is things like that she's looking down at the map and she's just like she's got a finger in one of the locks playing with some of the silks that are there wayland hey how many do you think we're ashore there's a few of them. There's quite a few. More than we can handle at the moment. Ship takes about 150 to captain. I would say there were maybe 12, 13 on board. Right. The rest of them seem to be either unsure or fastening up the holes. Aye. From what I gathered, they're taking this all fairly lightly. This seems to be a victory celebration of sorts. It could be possible that as the evening wears on, or perhaps in the dead of night, there might be some chance to either mess with the ship, free the captives if we're quiet, but again, that's a lot of soldiers and they're all trained. Then I have an idea. I'm all ears. Under the cover of night, we sneak on board the Intrepid, leave them a couple of gifts. How many of those barrels did we get? One of them was full of rum. We got about two barrels of powder. Jory was supposed to check it and make sure it didn't get wet. We can pull a couple of hours if we need to. You're thinking of blowing the ship, Captain? Aye, of course I am. If we don't have enough crew to man that man of war, then I know we definitely have enough crew to take it down. That's what La Rosa Blanca is meant to do. I see a flaw in your plan. Aye. If they lose their ship, and they're stranded on that island. What's gonna keep them from keeping the pirates alive? We free them first. Mm. Or if we can cause enough of a commotion to get them away from the beach. Why not give it to the pirates? They don't have enough numbers to properly man it. Now, you don't technically need a hundred people to run the ship long enough to get to Aragosta. This is true. The only issue that comes with that is that the ship might not be repaired enough to get 20 people back to Aragosta in time before it sinks. I mean, from what I saw, it seemed floatable, we'll put it that way. I have an idea. Bear with me on this. All right. I'm listening. There's a number of rowboats on that island, and there's a number of pirates as well. Say we free the crew of the Black Betty. Mm -hmm. They get on the rowboats, they got on board. If they don't have anywhere to go, if they don't have any rowboats left, whatever we don't use, we poke it full of holes, then they're stuck on the beach, and the Intrepid's face towards the shore anyway. We use the cannons facing towards the shore, and we just light the fuck out of them. Blow them away. We just gotta get them on board. Exactly. They're shackled, which means they ain't gonna help much unless they're free. Which means we need to get the keys. Did I see who had the keys? Was it the captain? Yep. It was that scarred man. Of course. Of course it was. It depends on where the captain is, really. I imagine the captain can't do much on the ship. He's still unsure. I could very well keep him distracted. I could get Royce. That the man you recognized? I, I could get him and a couple of his crewmates out. They could all free each other. They can take 13 ATC soldiers. 
give or take. And I'm sure they can take some ATC soldiers that have been drinking heavily. If I remember correctly, the Black Betty was also known for being a soaking wet ship, if you pardon the pun. How good of a swimmer are you, Jesse? I was born an Aragosta. I'll let you answer that one yourself. Aye. Oh, I don't like the idea of you two being separated. Don't sit well with me. Know what else to do, Mama Coco. Who all's gonna go ashore with you? Well, let me see. We should keep it as quiet as possible. It's only a couple. Need to keep Jory and the guns. Need to keep you at the helm. Aye. And I make a suggestion. Aye. That is why you're here? It should just be you two. Aye. Wouldn't be much quieter that way. Lost to manage. You both know what you're doing. You both know what's at stake here. Jesse, I might have an idea. She got... It might be crazy, and you might want to shoot it down. He pulls out his pistol and lays it on the table. Try me. So, let's say we take three of the rowboats. One, just me. You hide in another one. And the third one, we land with two or three black powder barrels. I go in the guise of an ATC officer who's been stranded and sailing with a group of rowboats for a while and is happy to see some fellow members. That gets us not only onto shore, but it gives me ample opportunity to draw the rest of the soldiers far enough away from where we land. Then you and I could distract them together. You free the captives, they get in the rowboats of the ATC, and as soon as you can, you blow those barrels. Doesn't leave us separated, doesn't create too many variables. What's my heart to is knowing that you're not going in alone. We're near each other if anything goes wrong. And... If everything goes topsy-turvy, I can at least bring in La Rosa, provide some cover for you while you escape. Master Greywall, there's a reason why I brought you on my ship. Well, there are a handful of reasons. That being one of them. He takes his pistol and he holsters it. I think that is a marvelous plan. I just got to be quiet. By the moment that you hear those barrels go, you can bet your sweet Avalonian ass that I'll be right behind you. That's just why we love you, Mama Coco. Ah, get off with you. I leave you to it then. I got work to do. Alright, the rest of you, keep your heads up. Ears wide open. Your eyes shut. Aye, Captain. Mr. Greywall, you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. How are you feeling about all this? Are you all right? Wayland, I've never been better. This is what the crew of the White Rose is meant to do. Take down the ATC at any junction possible. What would I like to hear? Walking in my mother's footsteps. He looks over at the photo and blows a small kiss to her. He gets the Lucy onto his hand and walks her back up. She hops into the little cove. I'll be back, my darling. Do not go far. Master Greywall, I'd be honored to have you by my side. I'd be honored to be there. Let's wait for sundown. That's all I have for you for now. Sounds like Jesse and Wayland have a solid plan. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yep. See you next time. Be safe and well. <laughs>